This is Till Turner. Welcome to Fantasy Stories. This installment is The Hidden World, Part 1. Copyright 2011. The Hidden World. The sounds coming from the abandoned Elizabeth Mine, located off Old Route 37, just outside Nelson Gap, had gotten louder and louder over the last few days. The mine had been disused for almost 150 years, but there had been rumors about it for as long as the inhabitants of Nelson Gap could remember. Ghost sightings, mysterious gas clouds, and unnerving sounds surrounding the mine entrance occurred frequently, at least according to a handful of people. In the 1970s, after an explosion from within the mine caused part of the entrance to collapse, engineers constructed a wooden barricade to keep kids from using the mine as a hangout. Recently, people claimed to have seen strange objects hovering over the mine, so Kevin, Laura, and Simon had to finally break the rule they'd always promised their parents they would never break. They were going to enter the old mine, no matter how dangerous it was supposed to be. They would discover the secrets of the old mine. All of the students at Nelson Middle School talked about the mine at one time or another but three students talked about it all the time. Kevin Maine, Laura Dooley, and Simon Hecht. They walked by the mine several times a week and kept journals of the rumors they heard and of their own sightings and theories about what might be in the mine. They even started their own group called the EM Crew, the Elizabeth Mine Crew. Some of their friends at school thought they were extremely weird, and their parents thought their interest in the mine bordered on excessive and potentially dangerous. But Kevin, Laura, and Simon had plans, and no one could stop them. The EM crew had planned the day of their expedition to the mine over Christmas break. It was now March, and the teacher's work day was going to give the crew a three-day weekend, just enough time to find out what really was going on in the mine, and, if all worked out well, They'd be the biggest hit at school since the Hollywood filmmaker came to shoot a scene for a vampire film. They would be legends. On Thursday night, the crew met at Simon's basement, their usual hangout. Simon had the fastest computer, the most furniture, and a refrigerator filled with munchies. Planning was always easier at Simon's. With a single desk lamp on and a few candles on the floor, the three prepared for the next day's adventure. On the floor were a checklist and an old map of the Elizabeth Mine. Laura was marking off everything on the list as she rummaged through a pile of supplies on the floor. Rope? Check. Water? Check. Flashlights? Check. Hey, Laura, said Simon. Brains? Check. Laura threw her sharpie at Simon, who ducked behind his computer monitor. Just because some of us are a little detail-oriented... Kevin entered from the garage. Chill out, you two. It's always the same. You rag on Laura, Laura beats your butt, and then you feel all sad and lonely. Simon threw the sharpie back at Laura. Hey, who said anything about Laura beating anybody's butt? Come on, guys, said Kevin with authority. This is it. The night before. We'll finally know what's been going on in that freaking mine for the last hundred and some years, and I bet we come back with some absolutely awesome relics. 
Laura continued to check their supplies. Your dad might even pay us for good pieces. He said the museum is always looking for good Civil War relics. I don't think a bullet or belt buckle is going to bring us enough cash to visit Roswell, said Simon, plucking away at his keyboard. The ultimate desire of the crew was to explore Roswell, New Mexico, and find out for themselves what had crashed in the desert in the 1940s. Yeah, well, I think Kevin's dad has some pull at the museum. All we need to do is bag some choice items, then the crew can go to Roswell. Kevin started stuffing supplies into a few nap backpacks and knapsacks and mused, Roswell will be epic, but we have to get this mine under our belts first. Done, exclaimed Simon as his printer started shooting out diagrams. We now have elevations of the mine. Thanks to my uncle, who was one of the old mining inspectors, and my killer prowess with AutoCAD, we have completely righteous pictures to go by. Laura handed the last item to Kevin and started studying the elevations. These are good. Sure you did them? Kevin wadded some paper and threw it at Laura. Hey, Simon, Laura continued. There isn't any info here after 60 feet. I think we will be going a little bit more than 60 feet. I mean, our house is 60 feet long. Kevin took the elevations from Laura. Uh, she's right, Simon. Do you have any information for going deeper? Listen, guys, it took me two days to finish those drawings. We know, Cy, and they're beautiful, but we're going to be clueless after 60 feet. All three looked at one another in silence. Then Laura took a sip from her Deer Park water bottle, looked at the other two, and started giggling. You guys, <laughs> you seriously are thinking of nixing this expedition because of a lack of information? All three laughed. She's right, Kevin. <laughs> it's not as if we, you know, knew what we were getting into to begin with. Well, after 60 feet, it'll be a real adventure. The crew spent the remainder of the evening playing video games, devouring Simon's munchies, and triple-checking their supplies for the next day. Eventually, at 2 a.m., with the wind howling outside, they fell asleep on the floor in their sleeping bags. The next morning, the crew got up very early. Some power drinks and pop-tarts got them started. They agreed to save their better food for later. The wind had brought in a cool front, and the morning was misty and gray. In about an hour, they were at the base of the mine. It took them another half an hour to climb up to the entrance. As they ascended the hillside, they heard breaking twigs and small tumbling rocks. Someone had followed them. "'What the heck was that?' Simon whispered. He looked around, a little like a frightened rabbit. Kevin put his forefinger to his lips and motioned for Laura and Simon to stand still. Seeing nothing, they pulled out a few of the boards blocking the mine entrance. Then a filthy, bony hand emerged from a dark recess to their right and grabbed Laura by the arm. She screamed and tried to free herself. Simon and Kevin immediately leapt to her aid, Kevin grabbing the cold, dust-covered hand. He gave a severe jerk and pulled the figure into the light. It was a small, disheveled man with blackened teeth and matted hair. He was dressed in jeans, old loafers, a t-shirt, and a tattered camouflage field vest. He was shaking, 
but his eyes were like embers burning through otherwise lifeless eyes. The crew let out a sigh of relief, and all three laughed involuntarily to counteract the stress. Simon held Laura, and Kevin noticed Simon's deep concern. "'It's Silas Wheatley,' said Kevin, releasing the man's arm and pushing him backwards. Simon let out a sarcastic laugh. "'The town drunk? Oh, man! What do you think he's doing up here?' Kevin approached Silas who was now against the mine entrance wall. "'What are you doing here, Silas?' The pitiful man spat at the crew and started chuckling. "'Think I don't know? Think I don't know what's in here? What's down there? No, no, not stupid Silas, but I knows.' Kevin got closer. "'Know what?' "'The sounds, the smells, the things that comes out at night.' "'What things that come out?' Tell us what you know. We're going down in the mine now to find out what's been going on in this mine all these years. You won't come back. The gas will get you, or the glass-eyed men will get you, but you ain't going to make it home. But Silas will be right here, watching and laughing. Laura moved from Simon's embrace and came closer to Kevin. The poor old guy, he's had it bad. He's just a little, you know, said Laura, twirling her finger beside her temple. She's right, Kev. It's probably just the booze talking. But what are we going to do? Kevin knew he had to gain Silas's trust, or else he might tell others about the crew's investigation. Silas, he said, moving closer to Silas and extending his hand in friendship, I think you could be a big help to us. Silas pulled back for a second. What kind of help? I ain't going anywheres. No, 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 said Kevin. We need a guard. Someone who will make sure nobody comes into the mine. Could you do that? It's an important job. I wouldn't just ask it of anyone. But if you can't do it, yeah, I might. Silas fell to his knees, begging Kevin to let him be the mine's guard. Kevin gave Silas a power bar, telling him he'd need it to keep up his strength to not leave the mine entrance until the crew returned. Silas agreed enthusiastically. With Silas pacified, the crew headed farther into the mine shaft. Simon started chuckling. Kev, you're one scary dude. You had that old man acting like your pet dog. Kevin didn't look back at the other two. I just don't want anything to screw up this trip for us, particularly some old rummy with dung for brains. Laura and Simon looked at each other and raised their brows. The next installment of The Hidden World will be out soon. Where will their adventures lead them? <laughs>